Armstrong and Getty family got married yesterday. Michelangelo, our longtime uh, co-worker, board operator, got married. And he is uh, on his honeymoon right now. Good for him. Yes, yes. I, I, I like weddings. I like keep people getting married. I think it's one of the cornerstone stones of society, mm-hmm. the structure of our culture. It's fantastic. Agreed. Agreed. And his, uh, his bride, what a sweetheart. Oh, my gosh. I had a chance to chat with her. I didn't really know her. Um, and, uh, and, oh, my God, what a, what, what a great gal. Um, Michael, also a, 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 an integral part of the creative team here. Uh, to call him merely a board operator is a grievous insult, Jack, and I resent it. <laughs> that is actually his title, but, uh, yeah, he's just a, t- a terrific part of the team, and, you know, when he's not here, he's missed, although Hanson is filling in uh, admirably. So uh, I love Portland, Oregon, in a lot of ways. Um, I've spent a lot of time there. My boy used to live right outside Portland. Um, uh, it's just, it's a fun city. It was, mostly was. Um Artsy, physically beautiful, rivers and bridges, eateries, bands playing everywhere. And you know me, I'm crazy for the rock and roll music. Um, And just kind of a you do your thing, I'll do mine vibe. It reminds me of San Francisco years ago. Probably what like San Francisco is like before I ever got to visit it. Yeah, yeah. Although, you know, when we first hit the West Coast decades ago, it was still pretty cool. Um, and not completely out of control. I wonder, if, I wonder if Portland, like five years ago, Portland is what San Francisco, if you're older, you could tell me if what San Francisco was like when, uh, you know, the Grateful Dead was bumping around. Mm. I'll bet it was. Yeah, I'd say Portland in the 90s was probably a lot like that. Um, but, you know, and, and I could insert uh, Seattle instead of Portland. Before or people San started Francisco. pooping on the streets and there were needles everywhere. and you're... Right, and violence was being condoned by the leadership and ex extremist political factions were uh, causing the citizenry to cower in their homes and the uh, the leadership to cower in their their gleaming offices uh, but the, portland has gone nuts uh, you know there there's a bunch of uh, violence over the weekend they made um i think 26 arrests on was it saturday night i don't know i got all sorts of stuff in front of me but look at these are the mugshots of everybody arrested jack black lives matter rally they're all freaking white doofuses. If that were the Oscars, it'd be Oscars too white. Yeah, exactly. Um, as white as the driven snow, and as this uh, editorialist uh, puts it, I honestly feel bad for these lost souls. They're desperate for a cause yeah, to believe in. Yeah, it, it and is that's something. true. It is something. It, it, what's going on with our culture where uh, young kids who've got no real problems of their own, you come from a you know middle-upper-class family, you got an education... Yeah, you got nothing to be oppressed about, and you're so miserable. What's going on there? Well, I think I can explain part of it. One of the most critical aspects of being happy, living a happy life, everybody agrees on this with any common sense whatsoever, is having a purpose, living a life of purpose. Just drifting through, taking in pleasure will never satisfy you. You have to feel like there's a reason to get up in the morning, and what you're doing has some worth. If you're a young person full of uh, uh, piss and vinegar and testosterone and, and, and whatever else. Quiet, earnest, slow purpose isn't good enough. You want to feel like you are on the leading edge, you're on the ramparts and doing something important with a capital I. That's the way young people are and always have been. And if you're living in a comfortable, pretty just, affluent society, you have to invent something. This has happened over and over again in history. 
Um, and it's happening in the U.S. right now. So they've taken a legitimate uh, couple of issues. Uh, we need to keep striving for racial uh, understanding and justice. Everybody get their civil rights. Make sure there's no bad policing. Certainly make sure that bad policing isn't directed uh, uh, heavily toward uh, racial minorities, etc. Perfectly legitimate issues. But the quiet, earnest, grinding way at those issues is not nearly enough. And so they've they've made it into some Marxist revolution. It's idiotic. Um, but the mayor of Portland, one Ted Weasel. I'm sorry. I think I'm mispronouncing that. <laughs> Wheeler. Oh, I'm sorry. Look at that. I just I, I don't have my reading glasses. It's not the furry little scavenger beast. So this Ted Weasel is the uh, the incumbent mayor of Portland, and he has left a Trotsky. Okay, uh, he has been he has condoned the violence until they tried to burn down his condo par- uh, pl- uh, building, and then all of a sudden he's like, yeah, 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 this has gone a little too far. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Because he's a allied with the lunatics on left and be afraid of them. He's terrified of them. So this this socialist is running for reelection in Portland and he's being primaried essentially because there are no Republicans in Portland by a woman way to his left. Uh, Sarah Iana Roney, if I'm pronouncing that incorrectly, I apologize. I was born in Italy. You'd think I know how to pronounce her name, but she is. Antifa to the core, and she is leading. We would like to play you some... She is likely to be the next mayor of Portland. Yes, yes. May, uh, um, is she consider herself a member of Antifa? Mm, I, there's no membership, Antifa. per se. Oh, that's right. It's not a real organization. Right. It's like being a patron. It's an idea. I was told that on uh, by a high Well, it's people. an organization, too, but I don't think they have a membership, per se. It's organized like every uh, terrorist and or insurgent cell network. You don't know the other people next in the next town. You're not supposed to. So the idea, it's not an organization. That's right. It's a, it's an isolated cell insurgent network. Anyway, um. So let's play some excerpts from the debate the other night in which the uh, socialist was debating the Marxist. Sean, let's begin with clip number 40, please. When do peaceful protests under our First Amendment become unlawful, dangerous, and violent? And when would you put a stop to this, making sure that we do go back to peaceful protests and not allowing our city to burn night after night? Thank you for that question, Mr. Christensen. The answer to addressing the issue that's happening in our streets is to standing alongside these young Black Lives Matter leaders, meeting with them, talking with them, working with them on these issues, and making progress toward real reform. I condemn violence in all forms. I always have. But we must know that the answer to protests about police brutality cannot be increased police brutality. That's interesting because she has said, I am Antifa to the core and Antifa embraces violence, quote, when necessary. So, okay, she at least mouths the words. I appreciate that. How about clip 41? I'll give you just a a few more seconds, Ms. Iannarone, because I think he also wanted to know, where do you draw the line between peaceful protests and when they become uh, into criminal activity? We need equal enforcement of the law, regardless of who is engaging in criminal activity. And as Portland mayor, I will not be able to control what any individual protester is doing in the streets. My job will be making sure that the police do their jobs, making sure that they're held accountable for when they break procedure and even the law. That will be my job as Portland mayor. And ultimately, we'll have a police force that's well equipped to enforce the law without racial bias in the future. 
Okay, so she won't answer the question. That's fine about how you're going to deal with the violence. I'm going to deal with the violence by reining in the police. 42, please. I have a follow-up for you. You've been called the Antifa mayor. Are you Antifa? Mm -hmm. And how would that guide how you would handle protests as mayor? I love that Joe Biden answered this question before me. Because... Being opposed to fascism in 2020 is not something to be embarrassed about. I have a bumper sticker from the beginning of my campaign that says hashtag everyday anti-fascist. And what I have tried to do is normalize peaceful responses to the rise of white nationalism by organizing in my community. I organized the, this summer when the Proud Boys came to town. I organized a menstrual product drive for my neighbors residing in the Laurelwood shelter because the answer to toxic masculinity is an inclusive, pluralist society where let, people let me, of let all me jump in here. feel welcome. Let me jump in here and just ask you though. <laughs> is being anti-fascist the same thing as being Antifa? Are you Antifa? Antifa is not anything more than idea. That's what Vice President Biden explained to us. It's people who oppose anti-fascism. And I strongly oppose anti-fascism, and I adopt and implement peaceful responses to that. Um, and that is how I describe my position on this issue. This the, is go ahead. The idea of Antifa smashed up the statues of Roosevelt and Lincoln in Portland last night. And uh, spray painted graffiti on the bases. That's right. The right. the idea spray painted. Uh, so the idea took down a couple of more statues of. Uh, the idea tore down a statue of Abraham freaking Lincoln. Yep. And Roosevelt. Wow. That's, well, the Marxists want to erase history. By the by, this is why I will die prematurely. When, uh, it's the stress of this. When I hear someone spout that nonsense that uh, Miss Iannarone did, and nobody says, excuse me, wait a minute, wait a minute. You keep throwing around the term fascism. And the idea that there are, like, Nazis around Portland is borderline hilarious. What do you mean by fascism? How do you define fascism? If she were to answer honestly, she would say uh, anything that opposes me. I call everything that opposes anything I think fascism or racism. They are interchangeable. Thank you for the question. What was her whole menstrual thing? She's uh, getting menstrual products, uh, products for the homeless. I'm not quite sure what that has to do with fighting the Nazi onslaught in northwest Portland. I'm watching the video of them pulling down the statue of Roosevelt in Portland last night. They got ropes around it. Teddy or or FDR? Uh, It's on a horse, so I'm assuming that's Teddy. It's probably Teddy. Uh, (laughs) uh, The great progressive president, by the way. As they chant, F all you colonizers, every one of you that's against us can F the F off, is what they were chanting. Yes. Uh, Antifa rioters pulling down a Portland statue of Roosevelt and Lincoln last night. Lincoln, who spent his entire career as an abolitionist and took a bullet in the head for it. They tear that down. You still think these people are for racial justice? You still think they're civil rights activists? Are you, st- you still think they're against police violence, you saps? So here's one of your... Uh, uh, Tweets from a self-identified BLM Antifa sort of person. OMG, it was so effing wet tonight. I guess it was raining, but still, we brought down two statues. It was an amazing thing to see those statues fall. Not a damn cop in sight. Whose street's our street? Stolen people, stolen land. Hashtag Portland protest. And you got a person that's going to win, it looks like, running for mayor to the left of the guy who wasn't willing to do anything about it. 
Right. That's that's wild. The angry children of Portland, who know barely enough to be dangerous, but they are dangerous, are now ranting and raving like a crazed seven-year-old in the streets, and we're supposed to act like, well, there's their, their civil rights activists. Well, it's been, what, 110 nights now or something like yeah, that? It's something been going like that. on for months. Violence, burning, arson, vandalism of Lincoln. Are you convinced that these people are nuts now and have to be dealt with? Abraham Lincoln? The great emancipator? I think they're running out of statues to pull down, so eventually you get to Teddy Roosevelt. Right, and it is about erasing history, because if there is no history, and Orwell taught this, and and actually uh, Lenin advocated it, uh, Vladimir Ilyich Lenin, Donnie, um, you have to erase history, because if there is a history to appeal to, then people have an objective standard. The party and what the party says must be the only standard always. Unbelievable. Much more to come. Police responded to reports of a bomb threat at the store in Wichita. A customer alerted employees. A man inside the bathroom said there was a bomb in the building. Police were able to locate the man responsible for those comments, and that man told police he warned other guests to leave the restroom because he was, quote, uh, fixing to blow it up, but had no intention of causing a panic. man also told police others in the room laughed understanding his joke, which I'm just now getting. <laughs> Home Depot says they will not be pressing charges. But I can tell you right now, you asked the producer for me to read that, didn't you? <laughs> to Ethan now, please. No. Are <laughs> <laughs> we going to have to go to a commercial? No, we're going to get it. <laughs> so a guy walked into a bathroom and said, y'all better get out of here. I'm fixing to blow this place up. <laughs> and everybody chuckles except one person who, who, who didn't get it. Who said, hey, there's a fellow threatening to bomb the place. <laughs> no, that's, that's not what he, he meant. <laughs> oh, how unfortunate. <laughs> that is pretty funny. Oh, boy. And the giggling little boys of the newsroom humiliating that poor woman. So, in terms of actual bombs, uh, North Korea celebrated their was it seventieth or seventy fifth anniversary of being whatever they are over the over the weekend, and had a massive. <laughs> what, what are they? It's hard to say. Yeah, and they had a massive military parade, as is their style. Yes, and uh, and they do have. Is it the biggest army in the world, or the second biggest army? Something in Something like that. Yeah, they every ounce of resources they have poured into the military. It's pretty impressive. That's when they, shocking. Is that? Is that verifiable, or is that just one no, of those no, no, like eighteen holes in the same holes in no, one in the same round? It's of golf. verifiable. <laughs> you know, they yeah. might not be very effective or very good, but they got a lot of people in uniform. Wow, they could sure send waves of guys and sacrifice them like uh, sheep because that, that's what they do to their people. Yeah, dig up some videos from the weekend when they have all those people marching and all their trucks and everything like that in a parade. It's flipping impressive. Yeah. Anyway, he was standing there uh, next to some general who had a comic number of gold medals on his chest. He's a good general. I don't know which battles he'd won all those in. 
But anyway, Kim Jong-un... Something, something tells me North Korea is not the everybody-gets-a-trophy country. If you can find a grain of corn, you'll survive to another day. Kim Jong-un announced that they now have a monster missile that could overwhelm the U.S. defense system. Oh, not a monster missile? Yes. Dang it. I feared this. The Hwasong-16 intercontinental ballistic missile that would allow it to deliver a payload anywhere in the United States. And, of course, that payload would be a nuclear weapon in this case uh, that they now have. So whether they have that or not, don't know. But um, that's kind of interesting. I'm sure we'll be keeping our eye on that. Kim Jong-un with a Hwasong in his heart. They, Back to you. They announced the Nobel Prize in Economic Sciences. That's the last one to be announced. And a oh. clean sweep for the U.S. Yes! Oh, we won every yes! single Nobel Prize this year. Take that, foreigners who are not foreign in their own country. What did... <laughs> Take that, other locals. Yes, domestics, you know, depending. So what did we win the Nobel Prize in Economics for? Into insights on how auctions work. Auction theory. And how different yeah. auction designs can help buyers and sellers meet their goals. Yeah, among uh, their developments in auction theory, where the guy going, hey, but he's not actually saying something. He's just kind of filling. That's one of their theories. So one of the guys who won, Dr. Oh, we're out of time. Sorry. It is over in Orlando. In a year we all thought we wanted to forget. The Lakers give us something to remember forever. Their 17th NBA championship. The Lakers are the world champions. Yeah, not quite the level of excitement I'm used to it throughout my life with uh, NBA champions. Was that a gentleman reading a book report of the finals <laughs> that happened? Tell you what, I'm ready to overturn a bus and set it on fire. Oh, quite a bit of rioting in L.A., of course, as people were mostly peacefully protesting their favorite team winning. It was the lowest rated uh, finals um, ever, I think. And, uh, you know, some of it is people going away from traditional media, but that didn't happen in one year to uh, all of a sudden have the lowest ratings. It's, um, but Ian Bremmer pointed out on the uh, the Twitter machine last night, he said the NBA closed out the season without a single coronavirus case. Americans can do this as long as you don't involve the government. But uh, private enterprise came up with a way to pull off the NBA the rest of the season and the playoffs without a single coronavirus case. Yeah, it made the uh, players miserable. Yeah, um, might not be the ultimate answer. Yeah, it was successful. Another uh, couple of NFL games had to be postponed over the weekend, by the way. Oh, hey, listen, uh, one of our uh, beloved listeners who is traveling around in the very swing states that are critical to the election uh, has some absolutely fabulous analysis of why Trump still might win. Okay. It's just terrific. Oh, I want to get to that this half that hour. Because I don't think he can win. It's, I want him to well, win. It's I just way better than that analysis. I mean, th- this analysis is sitting on your chest. Slapping you back and forth. As I keep saying, I'd love to be wrong. There you go. I'd be happy to be wrong. And certainly it it bests the morons of uh, our nation's media. One more thing on the uh, the NBA. The Los Angeles Lakers, LeBron, uh, he won, a, won another title. Lakers are champions again. Uh, I'm reading this. Don't have the audio of it. Uh, after Danny Green of the Los Angeles Lakers missed a shot, he and his fiance got death threats, apparently. And that came up during the game. And uh, the one of the announcers, Mark Jackson, said, we're better than that as a people. Jeff Van Gundy said, I'm not sure we are better than that. 
Uh, I vote for the second guy. I think he's right. I think he's right. I think that's where we are. We are not better than that as a people. This is exactly who we are as a people. Um, Oh, I mentioned before. (laughs) That's a little discouraging, but but accurate, (laughs) Jeff. Well done. Uh, I mentioned right before the commercial break that the United States swept the Nobel Prizes this year. Um, uh, Usually we don't because we don't win the literature. But anyway, the the Economic Science Prize went to the study of auctions, which is kind of interesting. Auction theory specifically. The theory that if you have more money than the other guy, you'll probably win. And the uh, one of the scientists... If you're drunk, you'll bid more. One of the scientists got up there and said, I've never actually participated in an auction. And his wife interjected, yes, you have. You bought some ski boots on eBay last year. And so he said, well, I bought some ski boots on eBay. That's hilarious. So I guess I have participated in an auction. That's funny. <laughs> Where's your Nobel Prize, honey? <laughs> I'm up here accepting mine. Can I have the moment, please? <laughs> when you get a Nobel Prize, okay, you can... <laughs> I guess an eBay is an auction. Ours is yeah. very much an auction. Yeah. yeah. So uh, there you go. Actually, I read a little bit about it. It's it's quite an interesting field. I mean, I'll, I'll never get seriously into it, but it has to do with the uh, amount and quality of information that people have about auction situations and like auctioning off the oil rights to a certain area of Alaska, for instance, and how that works. And, and it's, it's, you know, it's thought provoking. Um, one other sports note. This isn't really sports. I haven't seen it. I don't watch this sort of thing. I just saw the headline. Cowboys star Dak Prescott suffers horrifying injury against Giants. Have you seen it? I read the description. No, I just saw him. I don't seek out gruesome injuries. Compound. I find this one. I find them gruesome. Compound fracture dislocation of his right ankle. Where does it rank on the all time horrifying things to see on television scale? I think it's in the Mount Rushmore of them. Oh, really? It's a bad Good one. Good Lord. Really? Okay, yeah. we'll, we'll go no further. It's a bad one. Uh, on the Whoa. other uh, on the other hand, you had uh, young Alex Smith. Of Walk the, it off! Rub a little dirt on it. Get back in there. Uh, you have Alex Smith of the Washington football team, which is their actual <laughs> name this year. It's so bad. want to get some merch. Because they, uh, oh, I wish they uh, they sold it, but uh, I don't, th- do they? I, th- I think there's something you can do, but I'm Well, surely there's yeah. knockoff merch, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But anyway, Alex Smith, who suffered a gruesome leg fracture in the NFL and then was almost killed by infections and complications, he was back on the field yesterday. And I've been an Alex Smith honk since he was a really young player. It's a long story, but uh, I-, I just admire him as a human being. Um I was terrified. I don't want him playing. I want him to retire. I want him to hang out with his family. I want him to open a couple of Ford dealerships in the suburbs or something like that and get the hell off the football field. But he's unquestionably the comeback player of the year. He's a gutsy man. So as we speak, the ACB hearings are going on. Amy Coney Barrett is going to be on the Supreme Court, and the senators are doing their opening statements, and Senator Klobuchar of Minnesota was just pounding the table emphatically about how Judge Barrett will have a profound impact on your life if she is a Supreme Court justice. Yeah. Um, they uh, they know they don't have the votes to do anything about this, and it's just going to happen. But how far down the line of Crazyville during silly season are we? You're about to hear it from the very end of the roundtable discussion on ABC This Week yesterday, in which Jonathan Carl was talking to Rahm Emanuel and our friend Lon Hee Chen was a... Uh, was hanging out there, but uh, but but dig this, and it's really hard to understand Rom because he's jamming in a bunch of words at the end. But I I listened to it fifteen times to write down the quote correctly, so I can uh, I can tell you what it is. Thank you for your sacrifice. And Rom, I, I got to ask you. I mean, what is with the non-answer on packing the Supreme Court? 
Well, I, think, I, I, mean, I mean, why, why doesn't he answer this question? And, yeah. and how is it okay to go out and say, I'm going to tell you the day after the election? Here's, first of all, I, th I mean, I know the vice president is former chairman of the Judiciary Committee. I think he's very clear what he's trying to do is actually restore the legitimacy of the court, unpack the court. Remember, you have five members here, uh, a majority of the Supreme Court that was uh, nominated by presidents that never won a majority in the vote. And in my view, what the Democrats should be talking about is, one, we're going to expand uh, the lower courts on the federal level, two, restrict what the Supreme Court does. When you look at what they did on Lilly Ledbetter, voting rights, they actually started legislating from the bench. And third, I actually think Democrats need to take a step back and look at the first bill President Obama signed, which is Lilly Ledbetter, and it was a legislative reaction to the Supreme Court decision. You have now a case, a situation. John, it's, it's whether it was. Go ahead, Lonnie. Lonnie, Lonnie, Lonnie jump oh, no, in wait. here. Cause, cause, no, I want to I finish this. Yeah, I but you haven't answered my question. Actually <laughs> to start le taking these battles to the legislative front, yeah. because I think this court is going to put actually women back in alleys. Lonnie, Lonnie we, only have, closet, we only have 15 seconds. Workers actually uh, are back in shop floors. And I think we should look, take that out and take that to the voters. 10 seconds, Lonnie. Final it's, word. It, look, it's it, it's pretty clear what the Democratic strategy is here. They don't want to answer a difficult question. They'd rather play politics with the issue. I think the Barrett confirmation hearings are crucially important right. Thank for you. Republicans this and week. By the way, to bring some Republicans. Uh, Thank I, you to I'm our roundtable. I've only time. heard it a that couple is... of times, but it sounds like Mr. Emanuel said some indefensible S. So first of all, um, he's doing what all Democrats are doing, and I don't blame him. I would do the same thing if I was in their situation. They're not going to answer that question. So they kill time with a bunch of stuff you don't understand, rather than ever answer the question the court packing question the court yeah. packing question Lonnie chen tried to jump in there and at the very end what rahm emanuel actually said if amy coney barrett ends up on the court the quote this court is going to actually i want to read it exactly word for word okay this court is going to put actually women back in alleys gays back in the closet uh pardon me so women are going to be in back alleys to get abortions because right? obviously if you overturn Roe versus Wade, which ain't going to happen under any circumstances, according to ACB, and even if you did, it doesn't mean abortion becomes illegal in, ev in everywhere in the country. Certainly not. No, most states would still have legal abortion. Um, but uh, gays so back in the closet and gays back in the closet. I mean, how do you get away with saying women are going to be in alleys getting abortions and gays will be back in the closet? That's unbelievable. If ACB and Lonnie tried to jump in and say, look, that, but he didn't. He had two seconds to get his thoughts out. Right. But that, that's how far down the road we are of just saying crazy crap. And when Trump says crazy crap or any Republican says crazy crap, and they do, they get hammered for it. What Rahm Emanuel said was so far out of bounds. Oh, Come yeah. on. Gays are going to be back in the closet. Give me a freaking break. Give me a break. But you get away with saying that on, uh, you know, media that leans that direction. Nobody's going to beat him up for that. That's crazy talk. Politics has is, is gotten like a hockey fight. That's not more extreme than if, if if Chris Christie or Trump or whoever said, if Biden's elected, we'll become a communist country. No, I'd say it's roughly the same grade. Yeah, it's in the same hyperbole. grade of over-the-top ridiculousness. Yeah. Gays will be back in the closet and women will be back in alleys. Yeah. But, you know, you get to say crap like that. No wonder so many people don't vote and tune out. It's it's not hard to picture why you would just think, this is all a bunch of crap. They lie to me all the time. I'm not going to take the time to figure it out. Now, the reason you need to is because it affects every moment of your life and every cent you make. It shouldn't, and but it does. And it's the only system we have. Right. But uh, I can certainly understand why people just are like, whatever. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Because you can say anything. 
Well, the Democrats have cleverly realized that most people don't know what packing the court means, and they understand that what has been suggested is utterly outrageous. It's it's completely unacceptable. As we've mentioned, it was the one thing FDR did that even his own party said, oh, man, no, no, we're not doing that. It was famously uh, taught to school kids for many decades as a terrible overreach and incredible hubris bordering on, on dictatorship. And so what they've done cleverly is redefined it. We all, well, the Republicans have been packing the court with their nominees. And people who don't know better think, you know, oh, oh, so both sides try to do this. Okay, all right. But it's as if the, the Democrats were caught advocating assassinating Donald J. Trump. Joe Biden said, yeah, I think we ought to assassinate him. This is a hypothetical, although I've met a number of fine Secret Service agents. I don't want to meet any this afternoon. But if they advocated that and somebody got it on tape and then the Democrats started bellowing, well, they've been uh, assassinating our candidates for years. Uh, calling Obama socialist, uh, suggesting that that Biden's soft on assassinating his character. So they're trying to redefine the term. Packing the court now just means lawfully and constitutionally nominating and confirming your choice, which is really counting on the ignorance of the American voter, which is a good strategy. Yeah, I think it will work. It's evil, but it may work. Just to wrap up this oh, coming con- up. Seven things you didn't know about the Supreme Court. I want to hear that. Unless you know some of them. Then it's like four to six things you didn't know. (laughs) What do I know what you know? Wrapping up this part of the conversation for now, uh, Jonathan Swan retweeted this, and I thought it was really good. The Merrick-Garland blockade was constitutional. Confirming Amy Coney Barrett right before an election is constitutional. Expanding or shrinking the Supreme Court is constitutional. Uh, despite what Republicans and Democrats are saying about what you can and can't do, all those things are constitutional. Correct. Then we get down to wise, unwise, uh, good leadership, bad leadership. And that's what we vote about. Short-term thinking, long-term thinking. Right, exactly. So let's argue about that. Not, it's unconstitutional. (laughs) And then they're asked, in what way? We don't like it. <laughs> so weak. You have seven things I don't know. There's a gruesome, also, there's a gruesome uh, snapping turtle alligator creature on the loose. That Is that looks, what got Dak Prescott of the, the Cowboys? That looks like it's straight out of Jurassic Park, among other a things. A lot of on gruesome the going Armstrong and Getty. that as a result of the impact from COVID, they are filing for bankruptcy, which is probably a good idea since the Sizzler Buffet is the closest thing America has to a Wuhan wet market. See, I do not like that Manhattan elite view of the Sizzler. The Sizzler is delicious. Sell the Sizzle, not the steak. The Sizzler is delicious. Oh, boy. Wuhan wet market. <laughs> I haven't eaten at a Sizzler in many moons. Did you catch Jack White on Saturday Night Live? I did not. Oh, he's God. awesome. Yeah, he he so kicks he ass. He is a unique talent, yeah. no doubt. Yeah. His drummer turns his dr- I was watching that, Hanson, because I didn't catch that the first time around. His drums are facing away from him. Huh. The drummer stands on the other side of him and leans over and plays them. That seems inconvenient. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. Did they sit the, set them up incorrectly? Yeah. These stupid roadies. 
<laughs> of all the members in the band, the drummer always looks like he's having the most fun playing his instrument. Mm. Yeah, that's because drummers are uniformly simpletons, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> he's having fun because he doesn't know any better. Drummers are more beast than oh, human. Bang, he's, bang, bang. Isn't this yes, great? It's like a toddler with a pot and a stick. Yeah, very... Uh... What do you call an idiot who hangs around with musicians? There's some joke to that effect. I kid, actually. There's, I have several good friends who are drummers. Shout out, Steve. Um, and Mark and, and several others. Uh, so we got this from Amanda, alert listener Amanda. Uh, oh, man, we need to jump into this. The seven things you didn't know about the Supreme Court coming up next hour on the Armstrong and Getty Show. If you don't get the next hour, you got to miss it. Grab the podcast for free because we're stupid later on today at armstrongandgetty.com. Um. Uh, Amanda writes, ah, bah, 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 bah. about a year ago, I was in Georgia, was chatting with some people from central uh, Pennsylvania about politics. Uh, happened, she happened to live in North Carolina, but is from Northern California. They said they were pro-life Democrats, to which I jokingly said, I don't think they make those anymore. They gave me a long explanation about central and western Pennsylvania and how they are union Democrats with very conservative values. It was a fascinating discussion. Lots of coal mines and industrial manufacturing types, but super ultra-conservative values. That'd be all my family from Iowa. Right. Coming from California, they seemed like an endangered species, but they're a majority of the state, that state. I now live in West Virginia. I'm five miles from the Pennsylvania border, and all of my news comes from Pittsburgh. During the summer, the political ads were 3-1 to one Biden. Uh, Biden over Trump. Even on Fox News Channel, they were all attack ads. The theme was, I voted for Trump, and he didn't get my job back. Vote Biden. But I drove all over the state of Pennsylvania this summer. Erie, Niagara Falls, all over. Never once saw a Biden sign. Literally saw 100 Trump signs. They were everywhere. About a month ago, the ads became 50-50. Every Biden ad followed by a Trump ad, vice versa. Every channel. Trump's ads have increasingly become uplifting and hopeful. They're all about jobs and energy. They're about school choice and opening up the state. In the last week, the tone of the Biden ads has changed to be more uplifting and hopeful. Less about attacking Trump. Hmm, I wonder why. Can you say polling? Biden is going to Pennsylvania every week, practically, saying he won't ban fracking. Hmm, wonder why. Fox, all week in every show, had the compilations of Biden and Harris saying they're banning fracking from the uh, the, the primaries, because they both said it repeatedly. Uh, they would play this uh, after showing Joe saying, I will not barn fracking. Hmm, I wonder why. And Trump is coming Tuesday to Johnstown. So, yes, Pennsylvania is the key. Just look at how much attention it's getting. I think the ACB nomination process is bad for Dems in PA because the constituency is pro-life. The Democratic Party has moved so far left. It's left these types of Dems behind. Um, What does Joe actually offer these Democrats, these working class uh, Democrats? Nothing. Um, Don't think it's working. Uh, So that's some excellent analysis from on the ground, Amanda. Uh We appreciate that very much. Uh, it, it will be really wild to see this play out because I get that while Trump is behind Biden in similar numbers to him being behind Hillary last time around, there are far fewer undecided voters. And so it is a different situation. They've also fixed some of the, the polling problems, some of the methodology problems they had last time around. So it's not quite as hopeful as some people would say. On the other hand, I think the enthusiasm gap is monstrous. How it plays out, I can't wait to find out. Yeah. But I don't know. I am so out of the predicting game. I know what I'd bet if I had to bet money. Yeah. I did bet money last time, and I lost it. Did you? Yeah. I still owe a guy $100. It's four years later. Because you bet 
Oh, man, it's not $100 at this point. He he said on election night, Eve, or it <clears> might have <throat> been midday election day, he said Trump's going to win. I said, I don't think he is. <laughs> he said, I'll bet you 100 bucks he wins. I said, all right, you're on. The juice has been running the whole time. So in current interest rates, I owe him like $103. So what? <laughs> you think bookies run on the Fed interest rates? <laughs> There's no bookie involved. Why are you swinging that bat at my knees? Ow! Uh, no, it's a friendly wager, but I do owe him $100, and I'm good for it. I just haven't seen him. He moved, then he moved back. And or I'm a bad person. We'll take your votes at armstrongandgetty.com. So the confirmation hearings are going on for Supreme Court Justice Amy Coney Barrett, and uh, one of our faves, Senator Ben Sass of Nebraska, is holding court on a little civics lesson. Uh, so we'll bring that to you. I love uh, Ben Sass. The beginning of next hour. He's Serious a really man good crush. Oh, really my. smart dude. I hope he stays a senator and doesn't get any presidential aspirations. I think he's better for America in the Senate trying to get that back to what it once was. 